For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. In week 16 of the NFL season is nearly wrapped up. If you want to place a bet on the NFL action, betonline.ag, Ike, is the place to do it. 365, 24-7. Whenever you're thinking or have a thought or just if you want to, make sure y'all go to BetOnline.ag. Head to the new and updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, I'm licking my wounds a little bit here on this Monday morning following the Chiefs beatdown of the Steelers, final score 36 to 10. I was there at Arrowhead, Ike, but it's it's a rough Monday morning considering the performance of the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. Yeah, it looked at, it looked at bad on TV, so you was there in person, so I can only imagine. Thank God I wasn't there. But, yeah, the Pittsburgh um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially on the defensive side, is this what I expect. You know, this is, this is exactly what's going on. Uh, we have been inconsistent throughout the whole year. So I'm tired of being pissed off. I'm tired of being mad. I'm tired of hoping and wishing. I'm tired of reminiscing about how we used to be back in the day. It's not like that anymore. It, it's not like that on offense. It's not. It's not like that on defense. Um, the personalities, the, the 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 violence that we play with, the what we doing that we play with, not what me doing. It's just different, bro. So I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just kind of immune to it. I ain't really upset no more. Like when Pittsburgh. Do this to me, man. It's just like, you know what? I kind of, <laughs> I kind of figured. So um, they need to clean house. That's what they need to do, Mark. Pittsburgh needs to clean house. Um, a few on the coaching staff and a few guys who, who don't want or don't know how to be a Pittsburgh still. They got to clean the whole house, man. I thought they should have cleaned the house last year, my personal opinion. But now it's just, you know, everything is spreaded. You know, the, the virus didn't spread throughout the whole locker room, and you can just tell. You know, so that's that's just what it is, man. It, it, it was a slow, slow leak wind up becoming, you know, major damage in the house. And it's just in the way they're acting, in the way they playing, this was just it – was, it was soon to come. It just took a couple of years for it to happen. You start looking at the ABs and the offensive linemen talking about Le'Veon Bell. That was that – was, that was our first. That was our first heads up on what's going on in the locker room. Then you just fast forward a little bit from there. 
you know, Juju and the TikTok and all that. They, they was they was they was giving us what's really going on in the locker room. They was giving us the 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 me the me section. This about me, you know. And it's just over the matter of years, five or six years, this way it became. You know, it's all it's all about me. It is it, is you fast forward to that, then you know, if my offense alignment didn't hit the ball out of my hand, I would have it wouldn't have been ten more seconds on the on the play clock that was running down with the Chase Claypools. They've been they've been giving it to us. We just ain't been paying attention to the signs because if you just say the organization still is football, you just know how we once was. And this is coming from the 70s. And you just think, man, once you go into the building, this is exactly how you're supposed to act. This is what you're supposed to do. I know Pittsburgh can, can turn things around. They can figure it out. It ain't like that no more, bro. It ain't like that no more. So I, ain't, I don't even be disappointed no more, Mark. I just be looking at the situation like until they clean house, man. Until they clean house. How, how, how? Talking to a former teammate of mine, man, how you just, you, you got you got millions sitting in front of you. But you you rather take it, you rather take it like you, you can, you can be a generational game changer in your family. But you just you you worrying about the wrong thing. You worrying about followers and all that good stuff. You know, somebody ready to somebody ready to sign you a check. All you gotta do is stay in shape and make a few plays on the field. Somebody ready, ready to give you a fifty million dollar check. But you so worried about who likes you off the field instead of on the field. They only like you because you're on the field. <laughs> For real. So you might as well just get all the bread you can get. But how the Pittsburgh Steelers doing for these last couple of years? They've been giving us a sign. They've been telling us the locker room has been torn apart. They've been showing us it ain't what the old Pittsburgh Steelers used to be. They've been showing us, man, it's more me than we. They've been showing us. We just couldn't believe it. You know, just out of all the traditional players and, you know, just hearing the stories on how it used to be, we thought in our head, nah, not the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, it's them. It's them. Ike, you, I'm glad you could save that thunder for this podcast this morning. Very heartfelt uh, analysis there. And, Ike, even if the Steelers snuck into the playoffs, I look at it from this perspective. It's coming from a player that you just heard from that played for the team for 12 years. You were in that locker room. You understand what the culture is as an organization traditionally. Even if the Steelers made the playoffs and won their final two games, they'd need to get some help and everything too. Good luck with like if you saw yesterday, if any's yesterday's performance was any indication, you're not going to do anything once you're there. So what are we talking about? Because from day one, Ike, since I've known you, when we started this show in October of 2019, playoffs, pff, like at the end of the day, who cares? You're measured by how many, how and whether you can hoist the Lombardi at the end of the season if you're a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. This team's nowhere close. Even no. if you snuck in, even if you avoided Mike Tomlin's first losing season and he's in year 15, even if you did those things, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with this roster the way that it's constructed right now. It's a myriad of problems. Mike Tomlin even said it in the post game yesterday. So it's not just one thing. It's a lot of the same things we've talked about all season long, Ike. When you're talking about me and we, that's a cultural thing. And the yeah. thing that's amazing about that is if you flip the M upside down 
and you you go from me to we, the M turns into a W, and you win games, and you're at least competitive. Right. When you were talking about at one point yesterday, it was the largest deficit Big Ben had faced in his career. We're talking about a Steelers team that's been historically bad. Five consecutive games without a first-half touchdown? That hasn't been done since 1940, Ike. So, you know, Hearing this from you, and I could list you, I've got a ton of other stats I could point to like, on today's show, but those two things to me were an indication of what you're talking about. Culturally, the Steelers will need to sort out in the offseason. So let's go there. Kevin Colbert calls Ike Taylor on the phone. You mentioned clearing house. What would be your biggest priority in the offseason for the Steelers? Because, yeah, they've got two games left in the regular season, but, again, let's be honest here. If the Steelers still sneak into the playoffs somehow – they're not doing anything once they get there. Kevin Colbert calls you on the phone, asks you, Ike, what should we do in the offseason? What would be your priority? I got to get a quarterback. My first priority is getting a quarterback. My second priority is getting a true D-tackle. I'm getting a true 3-4 D-tackle. So as quarterback, I'm getting a true 3-4 D-tackle because it seems like the Pittsburgh Steelers can't stop the run, and we really don't have a true 3-4 D-tackle. I already, I already got my – I got true D tackles at, in the four three, and that's to it, and that's Cam. Do my real true, you know, four three D tackles, but I need a I need a I need a real true three four D tackle so I can take some of that pressure off of to it and Cam Hayward when it comes down to the run game so them boys don't get double team every time. Let my true D tackle, my nose tackle, and the three four is what they call it. Let him get double team and let my two other boys work. Then after that, I'm giving me another outside linebacker. To go with TJ Watt. Then after the outside linebacker, so it's it's quarterback, it's D tackle, it's outside linebacker. Then after that, man, I'm gonna get me a safety. But I'm gonna get me a safety. I'm gonna get me a safety. I'm gonna get me a Buddha Baker kind of safety. I'm gonna get the Arizona Cardinals kind of safety. Well, all them guys want to do is come down here, smack in the face, FaceTime. That's what I'm gonna get. I'm gonna, I need to get some personality back on that defensive side. And really, really, if I can, I'm going to call Cincinnati see if I can buy out Mike Hilton. You and I talked about this in the offseason. We said one, one thing about this young man, he is a, he is a Pittsburgh Steelers. Still. And you've seen what Cincinnati been doing, and you've seen of late who has been the star on that defense and been laying the wood and making interceptions. It's been Mike Hilton. Then, then, after, the, then after that, man, I'm going to give him another outside corner. But that's where I'm going, man. I'm, I'm going I'm – going, Quarterback, D tackle, outside linebacker, safety corner. But all I'm drafting is Steelers. I'm not drafting. All, all I'm drafting is Steelers. I need guys who got who got some records on them, who has who has some off the field issues. That's what I need. I need some of them guys because I know they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna fight on the field to to the all four zeros on that on that clock in the fourth quarter because that's what we had when we was winning Super Bowls. We had guys who had issues off the field. Include myself. But the coaching staff and the players knew, man, I can go anywhere in the world with this dude. You need you need some of them. You need some of them on a you need some of them on a football team. That's how a football team is built. You need guys, you need guys who are nerds, you need guys who are artistic, you need you need guys who just don't give a F. Yeah. And you mix them three together. We all balance each other out. That's what that's why I love the sport of football. You know? You you you, you balance all three of us out, man. A guy who's artistic, he can he can talk to me and tell me something that I didn't know. I can probably sh- share a story or two with with him that he might think it's amazing. 
I can learn something from my nerdy offensive guard or linebacker, you know, that I probably couldn't learn in school. But we all we got we all got one goal, and that's winning championships. And we all like doing something that's being very violent. That's why I love the game of football. No matter where you're from, what size, what color you are. Hey man, what's our goal? Smacking people in the face, being a Pittsburgh Steeler. That's our goal. So yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting Pittsburgh got to go back to getting edgy guys. Every Super Bowl, they, every Super Bowl run we've had, we have more edgy guys than none. But the edgier our team was, the more respect we had for each other. That's that's you got to have an edgy team to win Super Bowls. You got to check the backgrounds and be like, you know what, this dude could be a head case, but. Man, look what he's doing for us on the field. And if I get him around the right group, like a Tyron Matthew hunting badger. I remember, man, I want we 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 wanted to get Tyron honey badger. Man, let's but they said he was a head case. We yeah, we need that head case. Who wouldn't want to be behind a, a Troy Polamalu in his prime and a Ryan Clark sitting back there? Who who want the man gonna y'all gonna find a way to get him on the field because he's just that talented and he's learning from the best and he's edgy. You got to have that edge. A James Harrison, he's edgy. Joey Porter, he's edgy. James Ferrier, he's edgy. You know, Shazera, at, at one point in time when he was healthy, he's edgy. Ike Taylor sitting out down the corner, he's edgy. Troy Palomalo, he's edgy. Like all us, all us, Jason Gildon, we're edgy. Lamar Woodley, we're edgy people. You know, Lawrence Timmons, we're edgy. We're, you know, Clark, we, we were just edgy people. We, we always, you couldn't even look at us wrong without getting in the fight. But we we took that to the field. They don't have that, man. They don't have that, man. I'm saying I'm saying kids. I'm saying kids in uniforms, man. They as soon as the game is over, man, three four posts on Instagram like, bro, you ain't even play. <laughs> you ain't even get in the game. <laughs> you ain't even get in the game. So that's the first thing you're doing. You running straight to your phone. You ain't pissed off. You ain't crying. You ain't mad. You ain't you ain't like. Damn man, I got a potential to make a hundred million dollars, but I just won't—I just won't be viewed as a, a Instagram or a social media person. Man, in this in this day, I would have made two hundred million because all everybody who's tough now, Buddha Buddha Baker, the safety from Arizona, he he just damn near got a hundred million off of toughness. Itty bitty Buddha, off of toughness, honey badger. He keep, he keep getting paid off of toughness. These kids don't see that. So all I got to do is be tough. My son and my nephews, they're going to wind up getting paid off of toughness because off of toughness, it's crazy. Toughness has became rare in the NFL. But you got to have them edgy players. To win Super Bowls, you got to. You know, and, and, and I be trying to knock the Dallas Cowboys. I be trying to find a way. But if you look at the D-line between, you know, McGregor and Parson, like, uh, who else? Diggs. Who else they got? Demarcus Lawrence. Like, them guys, them, them guys edgy. They always had something in the offseason. Now, someone was always – they was doing something, whether they was in college or in the league. But you see how they playing? They edgy. The offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys, they, ed- they, they edgy. Zeke at one point in time, man, when he was in his prime, he was edgy. He was always doing. That's 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 how you that's how you win chips. You know, when KC won, when KC won, they Super Bowl. They running backs. They was edgy. They had a few off the field issues. 
the defensive line, man, if you off the field issue, you edge it. Tampa won in one in Super Bowl. A lot of guys on that defense, you know, JPP, he edge you. Some guys, yeah. That, but yeah. You, 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 need, you need that. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I, I, mean, I, I love your roadmap. I love your roadmap. Let me hop in here really quickly here. I love your roadmap and giving that personality, that edgy personality that you mentioned, and channeling that the right way. I love your roadmap. I'm going to go on the flip side of the ball, and this was most evident when I was at the game yesterday. Talked about Najee Harris and what he's done. I'm going to go on the offensive line, and I've, I've, I've harped on this point all season long. I understand you've got two rookies and a second-year player that you're starting. They're young players. I understand that Pouncey and David DeCastro are now no longer their future Hall of Fame players. You've got to go back and establishing the line of scrimmage because there were no holes for Najee to run through yesterday. And when I look at the last five games, you're outscored 97 to nine. The cardiac Steelers that we've seen the last several weeks, they've been entertaining to watch. They've given us gray hair, Ike. You can't win football games consistently when you put yourself in a massive deficit game after game after game after game. And I, I know you point to the defense because you were a defensive player. But when I look at yet another game where the Steelers lose time of possession, Steelers defense was out on the field trying to stop Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league or one of the best quarterback in, in the league. For almost 35 minutes yesterday, it felt like it was 45 and I think the Chiefs called off the gas because they ended up benching Mahomes later in the game because they had such a big lead in this game. So you mentioned the defensive side of the ball and the personalities. What happened to running the football? What happened to establishing the run? The reason why you drafted Najee Harris in the first round. You don't have the dogs to do it up front. You've either got to invest serious draft capital in that in this offseason or go out and spend your money upgrading the offensive line because at $12 million, like that ranks near the bottom of the league, and the Steelers haven't drafted an offensive lineman in the first or the second round for nine years now. And that was evident yesterday. Najee Harris is dancing in the backfield because he doesn't have a hole to run through. I saw that yesterday firsthand at Arrowhead. Here's my thing with Najee, and I love Najee. Me too, Na me too. He got to start going north and south. He's been doing a lot of east and west. And if you look at it from the Alabama days, I've been studying Najee for the past two years now. Mm -hmm. From his Alabama days, a lot of his plays has been outside. So I need, I need Najee to stick his foot in the ground, give, give me a three, give me a three to four yard game. And because I, I know when that fourth quarter comes and you've been giving me these three to four yard games, ain't nobody going to tackle you. Y'all yeah. yeah, know you're athletic. Yeah, I know you can jump over people. I get all that, Najee. But Najee, man, I need you. I need you to stick your foot in the ground, stick your foot in the ground, and come down with a personality. Come downhill with a personality, and that's 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 just that's just look at the teams who run it. The AJ Dillon from the Green Bay Packers, he stick his foot in the ground, <laughs> and he come down with the Aaron Jones, he stick his foot in the ground. You know, even even a a, a wobbled, um. Zeke, Zeke, Zeke last night, he stuck his foot in the ground. Pollard, Pollard used to the outside, the outside runs, the sweeps and the tosses. Now today I got to stick my foot in the ground. You stick your foot in the ground, man, you, 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 that's, that's the personality. That ain't nothing but a want to. I love, I love Najee, but for me, it's a lot of East and West, Mark. It's a lot of that's, East and West. But what I saw yesterday, Ike, is that the holes weren't there. I totally hear what you're saying. 
And I totally mm-hmm. hear what you're saying going north and south because Steelers don't have a rush this year of more than 30 yards. You, you can look this up. Their longest run this year is something like 27 yards this year. They, like, so I understand Najee's not going to be your traditional home run hitter. He's not going to be your speed, your scat back. But you start going north and south, and you'll have runs more than 30 yards. You stretch the defense. You establish play action. It goes back to a lot of the problems that Steelers have had on offense that we've talked about ad nauseum here, Ike, on the Believe in Steelers podcast. Yeah, that's starting training camp, though. <clears throat> that's start, that starting. You know better because you play. That's start with a 907. That ain't number 907. For the for the people who don't know what 907 is, it's, 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 it's nine guys on defense and seven guys on offense. But the seven guys on offense still trying to establish the run. And once and once you get that going, once you set that tone, you set that tone for the season. You set your personality as an offense. Once you come with these nine on sevens, it's around. Man, if, if I if I can get a yard or two, if I can get three yards on a on a nine-man team and we only got seven, sure, we're gonna be good when it's eleven on eleven. Yeah. But that's that all starts in training camp in my mind. But I'm I'm getting I'm, I'm getting thrown off a little bit. I'll apologize. <laughs> no, you're fine, Ike. The Chiefs have won their sixth straight division, 62 years of the AFC West. That's never been done. I, I saw this team lose to the Titans earlier this year, the last time the Chiefs played in person. I was there in Nashville. I thought they were dead to rights. I didn't even think the Chiefs would make the playoffs, and here they are at the top of the AFC at the very end of the season, two games left in the regular season, two. But again, this one wasn't even close. Before we move on to Taylor Talk, Ike, is there anything else that you'd like to discuss from Steelers and Chiefs? Because I, I think we hit the nail on the head from what we saw on Sunday. No, we, I, th- I think we discussed. I think you gave me the, the mic for a good little bit, so I appreciate it. But I think I said everything I need to say to this point. Like I said, I'm glad you could save the fire for the podcast, Ike, because I know that how much that means to you I always say 12-year NFL veteran, but it's a 12-year veteran of the Steelers all 12 years. So I know just how much that means to you personally. But we will move on to Taylor Talk and the footage courtesy of NFL Game Pass. Ike, I chose the play of the Steelers' failed flea flicker. So Mm -hmm. to set this up for our viewers and listeners, this was in the first quarter. The Chiefs had gone down and scored a touchdown Steelers open the drive at the 25-yard line. This is in the first quarter. Steelers trail by seven. First play of the drive here. And, Ike, we're going to see a cover three technique. And so I'll let you explain to the listeners and the viewers what that means. And I can say who, you know, who's each player's responsibility if you need help with that, Ike. But Steelers on their failed flea flicker here going up against a cover three defense that the Chiefs are running here. So for all the viewers who don't know, a cover three defense is defense, so it's four under three deep. So it's three linebackers, and the safety probably come opposite side of the strong linebacker. And the three deep is two corners and the safety. The two corners got a third, both thirds of the field. The 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 free the middle post free safety has the middle of the field. But this is one of the reasons why this flea flicker didn't work, because the running game wasn't working. And the only time it works is when you have a running game. But if I'm on the defensive side and I'm not going to get fooled, and I know the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point in time don't have a running game, I'm looking at the high hats of the offensive line. Because, <clears throat> because usually when you're passing, you have high hats. And what I mean by high hats is everybody up tall and they're standing up because they're doing pass protection. 
No, if it was a low hat, that means it was coming downhill. They was running. They trying to push defense alignment off the ball, but they're not. If you look at this sequence, look at the high hats. So that's telling me as a corner, man, this is a trick play. Something is about to happen. And also, y'all really haven't been having a running game, really, as in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's that's my that's my indication right there. If we can run it, I give it, I get another point to it. Sure. And as this runs, if you see on the far left third of the screen, that's cornerback Mike Hughes lined up against Deontay Mm -hmm. Johnson. Honey Badger has the deep middle of the field. And then Traverius Ward has the far right side. You can see him circled, matched up against Ray Ray McLeod on this play. We're going to pause it here again, Ike. Yeah. So if you look at Ward, um, before, before we paused it, Ward had did something called a speed turn, which is rare now when it comes down to technique for the NFL corners. So speed turner will always get you back on top to where you need to be. If you open up towards the receiver, the receiver will always have a, a step ahead of you. But the fact that Ward has speed turned, and now you can start to see the cover three. So you can see Ward getting back to his own. You can see the honey badger. He's sitting in the middle of his own. And you can see the other corner. Well, you can't see the other corner, but he's sitting in his own. And if you look at if you look at the linebackers, two linebackers in the inside, they're doing exactly what they need to do. They're retreating. So now they see it's not a run. Let me tri- let me retreat. Let me get back to the flats. Let me get back to the hook curls. Let me get back in my zone in my area. But this is this is this is perfectly ran by the Kansas City Chiefs because right now the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have a run game. If we could just fast forward this play. And I Traverius Ward with the speed turn gets the depth he needs on this play as well as he makes a great play on the interception. Yeah, so they always taught, and I only caught a few of these in my life, was always taught to high point the ball. And if you didn't know no better, if you knew nothing about football, you thought Ward was the the receiver, and you think McLeod is the the cornerback. That's just how good of a position he's in. And he's up there. Right now, he's skywalking. So for me, looking at a DB, regardless of whether you're Pittsburgh, still just DBs in general, you know, I feel like we're just one one of a few. You know, it's only 64 of us. You know, in a in the NFL, if you think about it, that starting right or left side corner. But for for Ward to jump up and catch this and high point this, you're you're coach this, you know, and everybody don't get coached too good in the NFL, but this is a lot of good athleticism. He's high pointing the ball. You can see his eyes on the ball, even in this clip right here. You can just see he's looking the ball in the whole time. And I with this side angle shows too. I know the Steelers are trying to make a play, but Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball up here. Ray-Ray McLeod almost goes to the defender to try to prevent the interception. Ray-Ray McLeod is jumping as high as he can on this play, Mm -hmm. too. He had no chance at catching this pass. And again, I know it's a trick play. I know the Steelers are trying to catch the Chiefs on their heels. But we were talking a little bit before the podcast. This reminds me of growing up when you play 500 in the backyard, you know, 500 dead or alive, and you just throw it up. My, my point being, Ray-Ray McLeod had no chance to catch this ball. So he goes to from receiver to defender to try to prevent the interception on this play. And again, I go to, for the young DBs out there, the depth that Ward got on this play because he can then high point the ball like you spoke, like you said, Ike. Yeah, in a perfect world, if it was a Juju or if it was a Deontay, um, Ray... Where is it? Ray Ray McLeod, he, in a perfect world, he should have did an 18-yard stop. And Ben probably would have put it on the button. But the fact he hasn't been playing receiver a lot throughout the course of his, of his Steeler career, 
he just kind of ran a route he was supposed to run. And Ben just kind of threw it out there. So to Ben's defense, um, either I'm throwing it in the dirt and I'm, or I'm throwing it overhead where nobody can catch it. I know he always throw the balls up so some guys can make plays like a Chase Claypool do for him all the time. But at this particular moment, this flea flicker ain't working because the running game ain't working. So if I was if I was Ray Ray, if I was a seasoned Ray Ray McLeod, I would have stopped at 18 or 20 yards and, and, and put Ben in a, a better situation. But Ben also has to know who is personnel, who he's throwing to, who like jump balls, who don't like jump balls. And we can continue to run this play here. And so, again, I go back to the depth that the defensive backs got because usually on a flea flicker, they commit and bite down on the run, but they've got the depth that they need on this play, Ike. And he got the style points come down with that one hand, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to see what it looked like here on TV here in just a second. And you see safety one Thornhill come down because initially it looks like a two deep shell. But as the play runs, right. he comes down as the snap. Uh, it's snapped. And we're going to pause it again here so you can see the, the cover three shell. So, again, at the top of your screen, you see Chiefs cornerback Mike Hughes lined up against Deontay Johnson. In the right. deep middle, you've got Honey Badger. And then in the bottom third, you see Traverius Ward has the, the bottom third that you can see on your screen. And he's the one who made a great leaping interception on this play. But again, you know, you, you see this here, Ike, and you mentioned the high hats. On a flea flicker, you want to keep you want to catch the defensive backs coming downhill because they're being overly aggressive. And that just never happened here on this play. Right. That's that's good eyes. That's that's good eyes by the by the secondary guys. You can tell they're not biting on the run. You can tell they're looking at the high hats by the offense alignment. Now, here comes our cover three. And our cover three, because you can see it from this view, you can see the two corners sitting by the numbers. That mean they got they, they that mean it has a deep thirds, whether it's two or three receivers on their side. You can see Honey Badger sitting in the middle. That's exactly where he needs to be. He got deep middle post third. So this is perfect. And as soon as as soon as Ben gives the Najee this ball and Najee gives him back the flea flicker. Yes, you can see the two the inside linebackers. Look, they might bite on the run, but after that, they will retreat. So this is a well-coached on the Kansas City Chiefs offensive side, defensive side. This is a well-coached defense. Their eyes are exactly where they need to be. That's why they came up with this play, this interception by Ward on the bottom right-hand screen. And as this play runs, it flips the field for the Chiefs, and they're able to go down and get – a two-score lead following the interception, following the turnover. That turnover differential, Ike, Chiefs had three takeaways defensively. Steelers didn't have any. It was a key difference in Sunday's game. Yeah. Anytime you win, win that kind of battle, um, the turnover, the turnover, takeover turnover situation, it's going to be tough to win ball games, man. Coach, Coach LeBoy used to always put them up. You know, we take the ball away from the opposing team offense, man. We're going to always put not only our team – not only defense, but we're always going to give our offense more chances than none. So that's exactly what the Kansas City Chiefs did to the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday. We're going to take a quick break now, Ike, to tell our listeners and viewers about LightboxJewelry.com. And it's the holiday season. We're approaching the new year. You need to get that special someone, some jewelry. Maybe you're thinking about popping the significant question lightboxjewelry.com is the place to go, Ike. Yeah, any, anytime you hear bling bling, uh, think about lightboxjewelry.com. <laughs> Never, ever, 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 ever a dull moment 
when we talking about light box jerk, we keep just like them fat number two pencils back in the day. We keep them real sharp, baby. So if you want to stay sharp, go to lightboxjury.com. Never a dull moment. And you can see that on your screen for the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast. So I'm happy to have them as a sponsor here on the show, Ike. Other week 16 observations, and we'll go really quickly before we wrap up here. After Joe Burrow's 525-yard performance, Ike, I'm comfortable saying this. I think the AFC North is his division, and we'll see if the Bengals hang on to make the playoffs. They're going to have a tough game in Week 17 against the Chiefs. But Joe Burrow, it wasn't just his 525 yards, which was the most in Bengals history and the fourth most in NFL history. 575 yards of offense, 50% conversion on third down attempts, and dominating the time of possession. They had the ball for more than 37 minutes in the game against the Ravens. Now, I know the Ravens are decimated by injuries, so it's with that caveat. But Joe Burrow really starting to round into form, Ike. In my opinion, the division's going to run through him for the time being because Lamar Jackson's incredible, but he's hurt right now. We know the shortcomings of Baker Mayfield, and Big Ben might be playing the final two games of his career in Week 17 and 18. Joe Burrow. Steelers are in trouble if they got to go up against him twice a year. Ike. I'm, I'm just he, he he was incredible. We saw that on display on Sunday. Yeah. So the defensive coordinator told uh, told Joe said, "Man, we're, I'm not going to give Joe Burrow the the the, the gold jacket just yet." Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow said. You know what? Since you're not going to do that, I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the gold jacket today. So I'm gonna go ahead and hit half of a thou wow. If y'all don't know what a thou wow is, that's a thousand. So I'm gonna go ahead and put half a thousand up on your defense, 525 yards. That's what the hell I'm gonna do. So no, I, I don't have to get a gold jacket in general. But today, going against your defense, I'm definitely gonna get a gold jacket, and that's exactly what what Joe Burrow did. So then they asked Joe Burrow about the DC about his uh, comments after the post game comments after the game, and all Joe said it wasn't necessary for him to say that. But I know exactly what Joe Burrow was saying. Joe Burrow had his Santa Claus hat on, had his Santa Claus shirt on, and he was like, man, I just I just blessed them with all the gifts. Then it gave me 525 yards of total offense, all because of me. So, yeah, Coach, keep opening up your mouth. I done swept the Pittsburgh. I done swept your butt, and this is exactly what I'm doing. It's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> Hey, a thou wow for Joe Burrow or half of that. And I hope you had T Higgins on your fantasy team to the listeners and viewers. T Higgins and Joe Burrow might've won you your fantasy football league because of their performance in week 16 of the season. Ike, my top four teams in some order, I'm still sorting this out. I got two from the AFC and two from the NFC. NFC, I've got backers, Packers and Bucks. AFC, I've got Chiefs and Patriots. Those are my top four teams. Again, I'm not sure quite the order Anyone else you like? Those are the four teams right now that, in my opinion, are playing the best football. Man, I'm going to go Chiefs-Bangles. Okay. I'm going to go with the Chiefs and Bengals because I'm, I'm, start, I'm, I'm starting to see, you know, this league catch on catch on to you fast. You know, Mac and Cheese sitting over there at the quarterback for the, for the New England Patriots. You ask them to throw over too many times, man, it don't look good at all. It, 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 it really don't. It don't look good. You ask them to win some games – now he he's a he's a very nice trailer, beautiful trailer, beautiful. <laughs> not a truck. He's well, he's still a, a rookie too, but I hear what you're saying, Nike. 
but you you can you you can really tell I think we was jumping on the bandwagon too early for him. So I'm gonna go out on slide with Joe Cool. You know, I'm gonna slide with Joe Cool. So I'm gonna say the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I'm gonna say uh Joe Cool. Cause Joe Cool just got he might have, other than Tom Brady, he might have the best trio of receivers yeah. between Tom Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Um, that's them, them, them three dogs right there. And we ain't even talking about the offensive line and what Mixon doing, dancing, mixing what he doing every time he's stepping in the end zone. So right now, we, we we love Justin Herbert. I love him. But right now, he's he's not Joe. Joe, Joe, Joe just doing it. He's beating the teams he's supposed to beat. That's exactly what Joe doing. Justin, Justin, I thought that was a surprise for me against the Houston Texans of, of Justin Herbert and them boys yeah. coming off the belt for that one. So, yeah, I agree with you with the NLC. I'm looking at the Bucks and the Packers 100%. Um, out the AFC, I'm going to go with KC and the Bengals. Okay, okay. And they KC and the Bengals, they play in Week 17, Ike. So we're going to see them head-to-head here this upcoming weekend. So that's going to be great. Um, I want to say this as well. We've talked about Baker Mayfield at nauseum. I looked this up. He has the most interceptions thrown in the league since coming into the NFL in 2018. The writing's on the wall there in Cleveland. I, I just want to state that again. I know he's been dealing with injuries, but the Browns played about as well of a game as they could have against the Packers, nearly one on Christmas day. But when you come up short, and it's really the quarterback's responsibility because Mayfield threw four interceptions and it should have been right. five, should have right, been right. five, if not for a dropped interception. You right. know, we've talked about the talent that the Browns have at this point. I'm concerned from the Steelers standpoint of if the Browns bring in a quarterback in the offseason via trade, maybe through the draft Browns might be my Browns might just be a quarterback away because they played green Bay, extremely tough it Lamb and Lambeau field on Christmas day. And to me, it, it was the difference of having a quarterback who's competent and having one that's not. I'm comfortable saying that again. I know Mayfield's been banged up this year with injuries, but you can't keep throwing. You can't giving, keep giving the ball away to the teams. And I point to the interceptions. 54, most in the league since he came in as a rookie in 2018. I mean, it's, it's not his fault. I mean, I'll be telling people all the time, like, you can't say he'll bust. You can't say he's not living up to his potential. Man, sometimes you just got to blame the front office. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 not his fault he went first, first pick. You know what well, I'm saying? I don't understand why they're not starting Keenum over him, but that's a whole nother discussion, Ike, why the Browns organization's not protecting him because I don't think he's anywhere close to 100%. That's just my they, two cents worth. Is they trying to protect him? So, so now I got a reason. I, 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 listen, I, listen, you're asking the question, Ike. You already know the answer. You, yeah, we, no, we both I know the answer. Reason. Let's be honest here. Yeah, now I have a reason, like, okay, don't nobody care if you hurt. It, once you step in the training camp for for if you're a football player, we all banged up. Don't nobody, don't nobody care. Everybody banged up. The, the 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 sad part about it was when you was winning and you was hurt, you never said you was hurt. But now you're losing, you're saying you're hurt. See, Tom Brady didn't say he was hurt till the offseason. You know, but Peyton Manning didn't know he was hurt or didn't say he was hurt to the offseason. Yep. He knew he was hurt the whole time. So it's like, dang, you really, Coach T got a good saying. People don't care about your problem. They're glad you got them. Because we always say better you than me. <laughs> so don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't nobody care, bro. 
Ike, one other final thought before we sign mm-hmm. off here. The Packers acquisition of Russell Douglas, five interceptions in 10 games for the Packers. He's had quite the journey this year, was on the Raiders in April. Mm-hmm. From April to August, he was cut. Signs with the Texans for six days, cut again. Then on the Cardinals practice squad for a month, Again, now with the Packers, five picks in 10 games. Sometimes it's those acquisitions midseason, like what Melvin Ingram did for the Chiefs and what they're doing since he, you've talked about him being a run bully on previous episodes of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Rasul Douglas for the Packers, what an acquisition for them. He's been a difference maker for that Green Bay defense. It's one thing I wanted to mention here before we sign off here. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Rasul Douglas the corner for uh, Green Bay, other than uh, Diggs sitting over there from from the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys and him being hot and him being in his own, anything that in his area code he's catching, got 11 picks. He leads the lead in that. He got more picks than a lot of people have touchdowns. So that's saying a lot. <laughs> but what, what Douglas has been doing, Douglas has been getting cut for the past two years. What they about to do for Douglas is cut him a check. The way he (laughs) well, Merry Christmas to Russell Douglas Ike. And you mentioned the 11 picks for Diggs that is remarkable. Night Train Lane has the record 14 interceptions in 12 games. This is incredible because they didn't even pass the ball that much back in the day either. So, Night Train Lane again. 14 interceptions in 12 games in an era where you don't have uh, the high-flying, high-powered, pass-heavy offenses that you see in the modern-day NFL. Yeah, shout-out to Night Train Lane because who played opposite of him was the great Dick LeBeau. I think that's a great place to wrap, Ike. I want to give you a shout-out, wish you a Merry Christmas. We're into the holiday season. You're the absolute best, Ike Taylor. want to thank our producers over at Brinks TV. want to thank the Believe Podcast Network as well. Today's sponsors, betonline.ag and Lightbox Jewelry as well. And thank you to the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Happy holiday season. I'm piggybacking off of Mark and what he just said, so I don't say it twice. <laughs> that was <laughs> well done, Ike. Frank Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will see you on Friday to preview Steelers and Browns. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.